The Our Global God podcast wishes to thank the following sponsor for their support of the mission of One Plus God Ministries. Contact Liberty Chiropractic for all your health and wellness needs. They specialize in chiropractic adjustments and nutrition response testing, utilizing standard process products. Call 937-465-2500 to set up your appointments. One Plus God Ministries makes it possible for any individual, group, or church to go on a global short-term missions trip. You say when, where, and what you want to do, and they make it happen. Locally, they also do retreats for business people, men, women, families, and couples. This nonprofit has a missions heart and wants missions to be a part of your life every day, everywhere. The host of this series, Our Global God, is Vinan DeVitt, also known as Pastor Wayne, director and founder of One Plus God. One plus God friends, welcome to episode 6 where we are journeying through the letters in Revelation to the church in Asia Minor. A letter from God to His church and we have said that the church is you and me, the believers. So you could also say a letter from God to the believers and then we have discovered in our previous sessions that these letters definitely still has a message for us right here today. You are listening to Wayne DeVette from One Plus God Ministries and I have with me in the studio here Anneli Janssen van Rensburg. Anneli, welcome again. Thank you. Privileged to be here. And so for those of you who have listened to the previous episodes, you will be well familiar with Anneli and ministry through movement in South Africa, ministry amongst the poorest of the poor. Anneli, um, you have shared so much over these sessions about the ministry in South Africa now. So thank you for doing that. You also have a ministry where you reach out to the people in the local hospital and there are private hospitals and then there's state hospitals and um, what's the difference and why do you go to the hospital tell us a little bit about that ministry in in two minutes or so <laughs> okay so basically the state hospitals or what we call government hospitals is for people who do not have medical insurance or, okay or, mm-hmm. yeah. So you have medical insurance, you go to a more yeah, first world kind of style hospital, very close to what we know here in America. Yes. What we, I guess, do not know is you don't have medical insurance and then you go to this other hospital, which should be called a state hospital, yes. right? And, um, or a general hospital. General hospital, but the conditions due to various reasons, corruption and... Yeah, I guess that's one of the biggest things Mm. is that people do not get the necessary medical care that they need. And we have especially experienced it through the season of COVID that at some stage people were not even allowed to enter the drain of the the place where the hospital was built because the hospital was full. And whether they are busy dying outside the gate due to a lack of oxygen, there was just nothing that could have been done for them. Wow, so it's not only you cannot go into the ICU, it's like you cannot enter the premises. No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They just stopped them at the gate. Wow. So, um, And that is why you guys have 
um, doctors coming to the daycare centers and also helping people there from time to time and also need people to come and serve in that capacity, right? That's correct, yes. So we do uh, provide medical care as much as we can and through the knowledge that I've gained through the years being interested in it, I have also been able to assist people using food as medicine. Wow. Okay. So, so making sure that it has high vitamin value, value, nutritional yeah. value. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah. And so, when you say you you're involved with the ministry in the hospitals, it is, in other words, because of this situation, there's a lot of emotional and spiritual need too for the people there, right? Yes. Um. When uh, at this stage for the last two years, the hospital has been closed or we couldn't have access due to mm. COVID. Right. But the uh, normal is that we go especially to the children's ward. Okay. Yeah. And okay. To, to basically just encourage the parents mm. and to see which children do not um, have visitors with them and to just spoil them with something small and to let them know that God has not yeah. forgotten them. Yeah. And and there's not, I don't know, I've never seen other people doing something similar there at the general hospital, reaching out there and... Yeah, know. not to the children's right. ward. I think right. I think there's some churches that, that go by. Um, so there's one, one person, previously Francois Tron and Wilfred Parker visited, mm. and then Francois passed away, but Wilfred mm. has, in while I was here in the state, I got the text that he sends to me monthly. He has now done 12,152 hospitals visitations in his oh lifetime. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And when we do things like that, Annalie, others don't want to go into this area, they're afraid. Yes. You know, it's uncomfortable. It stinks, right? Yeah. I've I've almost never gone to the to the general hospital where you know there's just a, a distinct bad smell around. Yes. You know, you're not always sure what what kind of thing you might pick up. But but you do that, you stand out. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Definitely. people notice that. People yes. talk about that. They, are you crazy? You know, if yeah. you lost your bite, why do you do that? You go here, so you stand. Out. And and so when God writes this letter to the church in Pergamum, it's about you need to stand out, right, Annalie? Yes. And there's something that stood out in Pergamum. What stood out in Pergamum was this is the place where the devil has his home, <laughs> right? We read in Ephesus 2, and friends, you're welcome to, to grab your Bible, and I'm always a big fan of open up your Bible and, and, and re read what it actually says. And so please open up your Bible, Revelation chapter 2. We're talking about the letter to, to the church in Pergamum. We're in Asia Minor, the current Western Turkey. Seven churches there that receives a letter. They represent the church in general. They represent also, in other words, you and me. And in verse 13, Jesus says, I know where you live, um, Revelation 2, 13, where Satan has his throne. Satan has his throne. So people would say like, oh my goodness, um, the devil might be here, the devil might be there, but, but we do know that he has a home in Pergamum. There were huge temples there, enormous altars. So the, one of the main gods of the Roman and Greek empire, Zeus, had an, had an 
big altar there on a, on a hill. There was a temple to Emperor Augustus because the people started not only to honor the Caesars, but also worship the Caesars. So around the turn of the first century, when Revelation was written, and there was a shift where the Roman Caesars did not only was not happy anymore only to be honored, they wanted to be worship. There was another temple to the goddess of Roma. There was another temple to Asclepius, the god of healing. And so Jesus says, I know that the devil stand out here. So no surprise, honestly, that one of the core messages of Revelation 2 to the church in Pergamum is I want you to stand out, right? Yes. <laughs> because the devil is standing out mm -hmm. here. And mm -hmm. so you need to stand out. Otherwise, you know, you will get yourself in trouble. And so Jesus says in verse 13, the Satan has his throne here, but, but you are also doing something good. You are remaining true to my name. You, you are not renouncing your faith in me. And, and then he refers to the days of Antipas uh, where his faithful witness was even put to death there in the city of Pergamum. And then he says, where Satan lives. So mm -hmm. in the midst of that, there's this example of believers that were ready to be martyred to death for their faith. And then Jesus says, just like we have experienced in these letters, first there's an introduction of Jesus describing himself in a, in a metaphorical way, and all those metaphors, interestingly so, are attached to the picture that's being painted of Jesus in chapter 1. And so that's how it's being introduced. Then Jesus says, when I look at you, these are the things that's going well, these are the things that you need to improve, and this is how I will bless you if you act upon my warning. And so he says, this is what you're doing great, Satan is standing out. There are some of you who have been willing to be martyred to death. You keep your faith in me. However, nevertheless, verse 14, I have a few things against you. And then he used examples from the Old Testament where people have compromised, where, where, where people have assimilated to some of the heathen temptations, traditions, religions, and he says you cannot compromise. You, you cannot assimilate. You, you cannot say that I have um, faith in you. I do not renounce my faith in Jesus, but I still want to live a little bit close to what these other religions are also offering. Because what happened if the Christians would not do that, friends, then they would lose some of their friends. So, so they wanted to still assimilate a little bit. Yes, they put their faith in Jesus. If someone would ask them, do you believe in Jesus Christ? They would say yes, but they, they also want to, you know, have a meal with the heathens that have that eat meat, sacrifice to idols, for example. But, but they still want to go to um, to serve in government. To be able to serve in government, you had to bow before the idols. So to be able to do business, they still want to stay close to their friends. To be able to survive economically, right? Um, you need to do these things. Otherwise, you will lose business opportunities. You will lose friends, which means you will lose money. So people assimilated. People conformed to certain customs, traditions, even religions around them without renouncing their faith. 
Mm. Only can that work. <laughs> so this is the letter 2000 years ago. We, we, we jump into our little time travel machine. We come to today. Does this letter still apply to us today? Do we still find this happening in our world today? And do we need to listen to Jesus and do things differently? Yeah, I think one of the things that come to mind is, first of all, that most of you have heard this. You talk about God as God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then a person will say, I just think it's basically all the religions is the same. Mm. They, it's God. We just have different paths to that. Yeah, or we just call him something or different. We, right? we just call him something mm. different. So that is something that, that is really, you know, people will say, for instance, just recently somebody said to me, it's like uh, five blindfolded people touching an elephant and each one will describe a different thing, but it's the same elephant. Right. So, um, and then uh, I see it also in South Africa when... There's governmental functions or events opening, then they will pray to all the different kinds of gods because they believe that it's the same God. So, mm. yeah. Um, so none of us actually know. Therefore, we know God as Father, Son, and Spirit, but you might know God as Allah, and you might know God and call him Buddha, or you might know God and call him right. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. so that, is, that is one thing that I've seen, and it's so because we do not want to offend people. Yes, because Close. if we offend, we lose friends, yes. and we lose possible yes. business opportunities, we yes. lose possible job opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, so basically... What you first said is that if we do not stand out, we are in trouble. So, which means that we are in trouble with God. Right. If we do stand out, we are in trouble with the world. <laughs> so, I would say... Who do you if want I to be in trouble with? Choose your trouble, brother. <laughs> I, choose, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you must decide with whom you want to be in trouble yeah. because... One thing is guaranteed in the Bible is that we will have trouble. Right. So we cannot be undercover agents. No. We, we need to wear our uniform yes. proudly. Yes. Mm. Yes. And if I can pull this thread through to missions, or, or let's say first the church, we cannot start to accept things that's against the Bible in order to please people. So we change the doctrine, we, we change the basics. So that's one of the first things. And, and I think we are basically the same as this church in Pergamum. And then if we draw this line even further to missions, it is sad that a lot of times we have an apologetic approach to missions. You know, we're so sorry that we need to come and ask you again to support this missions or that... Yeah, I think it's basically or to pray to your father so that you send more laborers and then you're know, basically later on begging people to go out. Mm. And we have this ap apologetic approach, but I think that we must stop that because it is the Great Commission and we need not be apologetic about this. It is something that we must do. Time is running out. And then this question, um, uh, not really like the chicken and the egg, but um, what was first, missions or the church? 
And um, I think <laughs> that's easy then to see why we do not have to be apologetic about this. Mm, mm. And Jesus was surely not, right? No. Um, uh, often a very, very aggressive style, yeah, right? And um, very unapologetic. Yes. The very set on what needs to happen yes. and did not have any fear of standing out. That's he, it. He, he stood out. He stood out. E and e he, everywhere he arrived, people knew for, for a, you know. And everywhere he went, there was trouble with the synagogue, with the Pharisees, with whatever. People, the moment, the, the thing is, when you, when you stand out, you will have, you will experience trouble from one or the other mm, party. Mm. But, and I mean, yes, I think the, the fact that he ended up on the cross, although that was God's plan for, to save the world, but he stood out. He did everything different than, than what was ever said. You know, it's sort of, you heard Moses said, but I tell you, mm. And he didn't come and say that nothing of those things is valid anymore. But he just said, your heart also matters. The love for God also matters. You need to, to do things differently than what you have done them before. And that is going to cause you to get into trouble. Right. Anneli, now that you say, you know, Jesus ending up on the cross... I think it is so incredibly important that we know you've used this example of we, you know, people would say that, and it sounds so good, right? It sounds almost true. We, we are standing around the elephant. We are all blindfolded. None of us actually really, really know. And so therefore we are actually all standing around the same elephant, meaning we are actually standing all around the same God, right? If I follow your yeah. your your um, image correctly, your metaphor correctly, and so you know whether you are describing a Hindu god, a Buddhist god, the Muslim god, um, ancestors, uh, ancestors, ancestor worship, or or whether it's animism, right? Mm. So a rock or mm. a a certain tree or whatever, or spiritism, right? This yeah. you're, you're describing this demon or this demon or witchcraft or you know so or what whatever it is, right? Or <laughs> if it is you, you're more you know just describing an idea, yeah. right? An ideology, yeah. <laughs> because that is also a God. That's that it. ideology is your God. Would you agree with me? Yes. And, yes. and I think we find a lot of that today. People will say, well, I don't bow before a rock. I know a rock is dead. You know, I don't bow before uh, a Buddha or, or another idol. I, I know it's just a piece of gold or silver or whatever, you know, but let me tell you how the world actually works. Let, let me tell you how this actually, you know, how you should actually understand this. But that is, is your God, right? And, and so the question is, do we all actually only know a little bit? Are we all actually blindfolded? And then the answer is, we as God's children actually know. Yes. Yes. We are not blindfolded. Yes. We see very clearly. Yeah. And it is because of what? Because of the cross. Yes. It is because of the cross. Can I just take you, listeners, for a moment here? Because uh, Annalie and I, you know, as she talked here, this passage came, came to my mind. And I just want to read this to you. 
verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 3, we with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory and we are being transformed into this likeness, his likeness with an ever increasing glory. And so what does the devil do? Second Corinthians 4, just the next chapter, verse 4, the God of his age, that is the devil, right, Anneli? Mm -hmm. the, the God of his age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So because Jesus Christ came, because he died on that cross, the blindfold was taken away. Yeah. The veil was removed. Mm. So we see the elephant mm. 100% as the elephant is. Yes. So don't fall for this message that the world or the devil brings before you to say there are many roads to heaven. Mm. There's actually only one God just with many names. So whether it's many roads leading to the same heaven or um, one God known by many names. Both those are false. That's a challenge for you to conform to the world. That's a challenge for you to assimilate. And that's one challenge that you should stand out against it. We mm. need to stand out like we are. Nobody's going to the general hospital. You know you don't get treatment there. You know that's a yucky place to go to. You should stay away from there, but you are going because you do not conform to the world. You are not an undercover agent. You wear your uniform proudly, and we are definitely... Anneli, would you agree with me, you know, that the Lord says so many times, I'm coming back soon, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and, and we, we, I think, being in ministry full-time, the one thing that we constantly sense, dear listeners, is time is running out. And, and, and there's some things that we were able to do a while ago that we cannot do today anymore. Yes. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, this podcast has been recorded, um, you know, kind of before and after Thanksgiving. Um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we had 18 people ready to go to South Africa. So that was last Wednesday. And just for the sake of the listeners, this recording is now being done on Wednesday again, right? So this was, this is uh, just exactly Thursday. a week span. And oh, sorry, sorry, it's first day today. <laughs> and we have so so eight days in an eight day time span, we've went from eighteen people to seven because of the Omicron variant that had been discovered in the world. By the way, it has not been discovered. It's not as if it came about in South Africa. It was just identified there in the labs. <laughs> but anyways, that's a discussion for another day. So we have this variant, um, however it came about. And, you know, and, and so the group just dropped, right? And so, so many opportunities that we had that's just disappearing. We are running out of time. We need to be... Anneli, can we, can we use the word aggressive? Is that a good word or not? And if we use that word, what do we need to be aware of? What do you think? Okay. Yes, I think um, <laughs> as if, if we don't go with the aggressive attitude but the aggressive approach, there's no other way. Oh, I love that. You need to say that again. 
we need to go with a not an aggressive attitude, but an aggressive approach. It is like the doctors treating Love this that. COVID virus. Yes. They, they can't sit and, and have discussions for a week and then, okay, uh, we'll discuss it after a yeah. month. They immediately must jump in. And, and that's why I think a lot of people in the beginning were maybe treated not in the right way, but people were uh, had to have a aggressive approach against these things. And, and that's the same. What I just want to say also about this is that whenever I'm in ministry and I have to go to a place where I'm really scared, I think in pictures and I um, that's that's how I function and I keep life interesting for myself. I love this thing that I am part of a royal priesthood. Oh, so, yes. so, you know, I pretend or in my head I see myself as wearing this ex rope and just walking with my head held high and I'm thinking to myself well if I die today I'm going to do it in style mm. so yeah that is that's one of the things and and to just take up that position because a royal if you're part of the royal priesthood a chosen people a holy nation you don't go with a bowed back you lift up your head and you go in to this situation, proud to be a citizen of, of heaven. Yes. Amen. I love it. So we, we have learned so much in this session about God really wants you and is proud of you for proclaiming his name, right? Um, I've said this many times, dear friends, great that you found Jesus make sure you're still following him. <laughs> and when you follow him, mm. it means that you need to stand out. Yes. And it means that you don't have to be apologetic. What you know is truly the truth. The veil has been removed. The blindfold is off. You do see clearly. You yeah. see clearly not because of who you are, but because of the cross. Because God came to earth and showed us exactly who he is, that he has power over death, and therefore power over the devil, therefore power over temptation and sin. He made the sacrifice for us. At high cost, he showed us how to stand out. And when you stand out, trouble will come. And so I guess, Annelie, something that we did not touch on, but just want to throw it in here quickly as we summarize you could therefore ask yourself, have I come to a place where I conform too easily, where I actually am assimilating to the world around me for the sake of economic or, you know, a growth or I don't want to lose my business, my job, I want to be, I don't want to lose my friends. Is Do you have trouble in your life, right? Yeah, because if, if you're a police officer, you know, wearing your uniform, there's a high possibility at the end of your day you walked into trouble somewhere, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. had to confront somebody. You had to, you know, n nobody likes to be stopped when they, when they went over the speed limit a little bit, right? And so somebody might have been uneasy with you or, or even if they were kind to you, you know that when they, the moment, <laughs> the moment they drive away, they're probably texting or saying some things about you as a cop that, you know, as a state trooper, that that's probably not so nice, you know? So, so if you stand out, trouble will probably be there. If trouble is not there, perhaps this could be a nice test, mm. right, Anneli? Yes. You know, am I am I still standing out? And and then to I love that, Anneli, I want to repeat that one more time. To have an aggressive approach 
and not an aggressive attitude. We need to have an attitude of love, of grace, of peace, of joy, of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. But an aggressive approach. Why? Time is running out. Jesus is coming back soon. We need to stand out for him. Anneli, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Stay well. May the Lord walk with you all, friends, so that you can stand out for him and have an aggressive approach to his honor and his glory. See you next time. Goodbye. Contact OnePlus God Ministries at oneplusgod.org to reserve your trip, attend a retreat, or invite Pastor Wayne as a speaker. OnePlusGod.org. The Rise of Him Podcast Network.